0: Mark chapter 1. Mark chapter 1 verse 21 and 1 Samuel chapter 17 and beginning in verse 55. And we will begin in 1 Samuel. This is after David has smitten Goliath. And now the Israelites with David leading the charge have pushed back the enemy and verse 55 says it like this, And when Saul, the king of the time, when Saul saw David go forth against the Philistine, he said unto Abner, the captain of the host, Abner, whose son is this youth? And Abner said, As, I, as thy soul liveth, O king, I cannot tell. And the king said inquire thou whose son is stripling the son the stripling is and David returned from the slaughter of the Philistine and Abner took him and brought him before Saul with the head of the Philistine in his hand and Saul said unto him who whose son art thou young man And David answered I am the son of thy servant Jesse the Bethlehemite Mark chapter one verse twenty one And they went into Capernaum and straight away on the Sabbath day he entered into the synagogue talking about Jesus and taught And they were astonished at his doctrine for he taught them as one that had authority, and not as the scribes. And there was in their synagogue a man with an unclean spirit, and he cried out, saying, Let us alone. What have we to do with thee, thou Jesus of Nazareth? Art thou come to destroy us? I know thee, that who thou art, the Holy One of God." And Jesus rebuked him, saying, Hold thy peace, and come out of him. And when the unclean spirit had torn him and cried with a loud voice, he came out of him. And they were all amazed, insomuch they questioned, turn to your neighbor and say, questioned among themselves, saying, What thing is this? What new doctrine is this? For with authority commandeth he even the unclean spirits, and they do obey him. And immediately his fame spread abroad throughout all the region and around about Galilee. Let us pray tonight. God, we come before you, we thank you for your word and it's anointing. God, I thank you for the assignment that I believe you've given me tonight to encourage the people of God and to make them aware of some things tonight. God, I ask that their ears would be open, their hearts would be open to hear and to receive. In Jesus' name we pray and the church says, amen. You may be seated. The psalmist says in Psalms chapter 8 and verse 3, when I consider thy heavens, in the works of thy fingers, the moon and the stars, which thou hast ordained. He's, this is the psalmist speaking to God. He says, what is man? What is man that thou art mindful of him? And the son of man that thou visitedest him. So what does all these scriptures have to do with each other? What is the parallel what is the seemingly thing that what is that thing that seems to tie them together and i want you to know what ties these scriptures together is truly profound for the believer and i want to share that with you tonight we are in a world that is full of we know chaos we know that we live in a world that is full of many soothsayers, as the p- apostle would say. People that would say what everybody needs or wants them to say and would say what everybody wants to hear. And we know that we live in a time of, uh, of deceit and discomfort. And we live in a time of, uh, of many different things going on. But I, I want you to understand me tonight that there has never been an attack on identity as you as a believer in Christ, as you as a living soul that God has created and ordained to be into this world. There has never been a a greater attack on your identity than the time that we're living in right now. I will go further and say there is, I've never seen, uh, in my short lifetime, I've never seen an attack like I see in the day and hour that we live in, uh, an attack on identity towards our young people. We see that our young people uh, are faced with many, many different peers that are confused about who they are, confused about their purpose in life, confused about what gender they are, or confused about what sex they should fall in love with or date or court. Uh, I, I, I want you to know that we live in a time where identity seems to be lost. But I want to point out to you quickly that we seem, uh, it seems that we live in a time that it, it not only seems that identity is being lost uh, out in the world, out in the hallways of our schools, but it seems to be getting lost uh, in the church that we forget who we are and who God has called us to be, or we have no idea, we sit in the pew and have no idea what God has planned for our life or who he truly wants us to be. How many in this house would say that you believe that God is the creator of mankind? I believe that God is the creator of mankind. According to Genesis chapter 1 and chapter 2, the Bible tells us uh, in Genesis chapter 1 that God said to himself, more or less... uh, I, let us build, let us build, let us construct, let us form man in our own image. We are the image of God. We are formed in his image. And he says, let us, in, in, in Genesis chapter 2, uh, he is, he, we are, are, are creatures that he formed out of the dust of the earth, and we are creatures that he breathed his breath into. We are people of a divine destiny and a divine call. But I I want you to hear me tonight. Uh, Something I tell our young people and I've told our young people for years uh, is the only person that can give you identity is the person who created you. For if I create a a new dish that has never been tasted by culinary uh, entrepreneurs or whatever, I get to name it because I created it. Uh, I get to tell you what the ingredients are and who it really is, what it's really supposed to taste like, like, and how it's all supposed to come together because I created it. And I want you to know tonight uh, that we should get our identity from no one else than other than who created us. For he created us, he is the master designer, and he is the one that has the plan for our life. But I want to point out some things to you tonight. The Bible tells us, we read in 1 Samuel 17 of David's exploits, and we, 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 we see this common thread in 1 Samuel 17 and in Mark chapter 1, and even the psalmist says, we, we see in, in 1 Samuel 17, 17 that, that Saul is looking at his general, they call him a captain, but he, he was what we would know as a general, he looks at Abner and he says, who is this? Who is this young boy that is bringing about such victory? That is bringing about such authority in the day and hour that we, we we find ourselves in. We go over to Mark chapter one, and Jesus comes into the synagogue. This is the beginning of his ministry, and he begins to preach. And he preaches and teaches in such a manner that the people are looking at one another and say, "What manner of teaching? What doctrine is this?" Because there's such an authority or another word for it is there is such an anointing on him that, that it speaks to me. That there's something different about him. And then he casts out the unclean spirit. And, and, and what we find is everybody begins looking around and begins to question even more. And say what is this? What is going on? But let me simplify it is, is what they were saying is who is this? Who is this? And we read in Psalms chapter 8 where the psalmist said, God, you've created the heavens and the earth. Who are you that you are mindful of us? You're mindful of us. Hear me tonight. I come to ask you a question. A question that many of you, if not all of you, some of you might be too small. My girls are too small. Paisley's too small. Abby's too small. But how many's ever been asked for their ID? Anybody ever been pulled over? I have. I got pulled over a lot in nice, high school. Lord help us. Anybody ever flown? Need an ID. Need to vote. Need an ID. So I've come to ask you tonight, ID please. I need to see your ID. I need to know who you are. I need to know who you are. Hear me tonight. I'm shifting gears here, but I'm going to tie this all together because I don't want to know what the enemy has told you who you are. I want to know who you really are. I don't, I don't want to hear the lies that have been spoken over you, not only by the enemy, but by others that you've surrounded yourself with. That, that, listen, not everybody's encouraging. Not everybody wants you to be successful. Not everybody wants uh, God's plan for your life. But I, I'm not come to ask uh, for what they have identified you as. I've come to ask, what does God identify you as? Who does God define? Who does God identify you as? Hear me tonight. The Bible tells us. In in 1 Samuel chapter 16, that David was anointed by Samuel the prophet. And and he was anointed and then what began to happen is after his anointing, the Bible says that, that the Spirit of the Lord began to move upon him. And, and and as he's being anointed king what, what transpires is that Saul is beginning to be vexed by an evil spirit and he finds himself being vexed day in and day out and they tell him listen there's a boy in Bethlehem that can play the harp he can sing and maybe he will help you so they bring him to Saul and this is all recorded in 1 Samuel 16 they bring him to Saul and as Saul begins to be vexed David David begins to play and sing and demons. And, and, and this evil spirit begin to flee from Saul. And it's powerful and it's amazing. And what begins to happen is Saul says, You know what? I have need of this young man. I have need of David. He sends word to Jesse. He says, Listen, I'm, I want your son to stay here in the palace with me. I want him to become, the Bible literally says, my armor bearer. I want him to come... And be my armor bearer. You say, where's all this going? I'm taking you someplace. Jesus shows up in his hometown. And Mark chapter 6, he he shows up in his hometown of Nazareth. And everybody is astonished by his words and, and how he's conducting himself. But brother Dan, they begin to say to one another, is this not the carpenter's son? Is this not the carpenter's son? But they began to hear the words of anointing and they began to to realize that something was different about him that they'd ever seen before. You say, what does these stories have to do with one another? I'm getting there because what happens is we find in 1 Samuel 16 that Saul knew who David was. So why in our main text tonight does Saul ask Abner, who is that? Who is leading this army? Who has brought about this great victory? We find that Jesus steps into the temple and they say, who is this? This is a carpenter's son. Who is this? That he teaches with such authority. See, here's what I want you to understand tonight is when I ask for your ID and I'm asking for your spiritual ID, I I want you to get this. David, David was anointed by God so strongly. Hear me tonight. This is where it gets good. David was anointed so strongly by the Lord that Saul did not even recognize him. Jesus was so anointed by God, even so much that he stood up in the synagogue and he said, The Lord hath anointed me to preach the gospel. The anointing on his life was so strong that people were asking, who is this? Who has brought this about? Who's teaching this way? Who's, Who's preaching this way? Who's laying hands on the sick this way? Who's casting out the demonic this way? Hear me tonight. There is a world outside these walls that are asking you the same question that I'm asking you tonight. I need to see your identity. I need to see who God has called you to be. I want you to understand this tonight. I, I, hear me. I, I, of course, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta do something. Jaden, help me out. Carly, help me out. I, I, I just want to make sure you get. Just, just stand over here. Just face that wall. Just hold this. Just hold this. Just hold them. Okay. Huh? Yep. Face that way. Okay. Now, both of you, just face that way. Okay. So I, I want you to understand this tonight, because I, I I feel like the enemy doesn't want you to hear this. So what we have is a world out there saying we need we need somebody with authority, we need somebody with anointing, and what we do as believers so often is we look for someone else. We look for someone else. Listen, for 40 days, Goliath came out to the battlefield and said, listen, I'm ready to fight. Who's willing to fight? I, I'm going to take you as slaves. If nobody's going to fight me, uh, I'm going to take you captive. And for 40 days, everybody was looking around. Who is it? Who's it going to be? And I want you to understand that we do that in Walmart. We do that in Kroger. We do that with our family at family dinner at Thanksgiving and Christmas. It's, it's almost here. It's, well, who's going to tell them? I, I can't tell them. I'm not going to be the one because I, 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 I'm a mistake. I shouldn't even be here. You see, that, that, what we're saying is, you know, that I, I shouldn't be here. I, I, I know a young man that, that I remember one time at youth camp, he got saved. He got miraculously saved. And he began to tell me his testimony. And he said, listen, my mother was raped. And I was brought into this world. And I thought my entire life that I was a mistake. That I shouldn't be here. Because he thought, because he believed and he thought what the enemy told him was true, that he was a mistake. That's not the idea that this world needs to see. Many of us say, Well, I wish I could do it, but I'm weird. Hey, I'm the weirdest person in this room, I guarantee you. Listen, I would rather you be weird because normal is boring. But we say, "Well, I'm weird. I'm different. People don't relate to me. People don't know." No, listen. Uh, we, we've got enough excuses. Uh, that is not your identity. Uh, that is what the enemy has tried to tell you uh, that you are. Uh, well, I'm confused. Don't listen to the lies of the enemy. Don't listen to the lies that say, no, you should be someone else. You you should act like someone else. You should do something else. You should be like them or talk like them or or preach like them or teach like them. Listen, don't listen to the lies of the enemy because that's not your identity. Oh, I'm a victim. Oh, you don't know what they did to me, Pastor. You don't know what they said about me. Listen, here's what I know is they said that Jesus was a false teacher. they beat him. They bloodied him. They marred and maimed him and then hung him on a cross to display him. And he did that all so you couldn't be a victim. You, you've got the wrong identity. He did all that so you can have victory. Listen with me tonight. Well, I'm confused. I'm weird. Now the enemy's telling me, hey, we don't want to talk about this. I'm homosexual. Oh, people don't deal with that. Not in the church. Not my kids. Don't kid yourself. You hear me tonight? Because the enemy will come in ways that you're familiar with, and ways that you aren't familiar with. Well, I, I must. Well, well, I must be. I, I must be homosexual because I'm confused. Because I'm weird. Because I'm different. Listen, that's not your identity. That's not what God created you to be. Uh, oh, well, well, I, I may not be homosexual, but I'm bi. Listen, this was, this was like the thing in high school. When I was in high school, everybody said, well, oh, I'm bi, I'm bi, I'm bi. Who I'm bi. I mean, it was, like a, it was like a cool thing. Oh, I'm, by, I'm like, that's, that's not cool because that's not your identity. That's not who God has called you to be because to be bisexual means that you live in a place of confusion and God's not the author of confusion hear me tonight that's not your identity that's not what God says I want your identity Jaden I, I don't want this this, this isn't going to help your family you you saying that you're worthless it's not going to help you, the guys you work with or you go to school with it's not going to help anybody when you say I, I just I'm not worthy God's too good for me I want you to know God's too good for all of us Jesus is too good for all of us but he said in his word in the book of Romans uh, that while you were yet a sinner uh, that he took the stripes uh, that he took the steps uh, that he bore the weight uh, and he took your sins to the cross uh, and he rose again why not because you were worthy uh, so that he could make you worthy Uh, don't tell this preacher tonight uh, well I'm just not worthy you don't know what I've done I don't know what you've done but I know what he's done I know what Jesus has done for your life Uh, don't give me this excuse I can't be used because Because of what I've done. That's not your identity. Oh, I'm unloved. I'm unappreciated. Nobody cares about me. If if I just, listen, catch this with me. This is in the church. Like you wouldn't believe. If I disappeared, no one would notice. That's not your identity. That's not your identity. Here's the thing. Is that God loved you so much that He loved you before you could love Him back? That's what the Bible tells us. That's not your identity. Living in that state, Carly, that's not going to help you. That's not going to help me. That's not going to help the sinner. That's not going to help the lost person. Oh, but I'm weak. I'm not strong. I want you to know people that feel, I've found this in ministry, people that feel like they can't take it and they feel weak. It is the exact opposite of who they are. The people that feel like they can't take it are the ones that often can take it. But I'm weak. God, you can't use me. You can't use me, God. God I, I, I'm just, I, I can't help anybody. I'm unqualified. Guess what? If anybody's unqualified, it's this guy right here. I'm unqualified. God, I'm, I, I'm, I, I was told, listen, I was told, many of you know my testimony, whatever, but but I was told countless times, you are not a preacher, Jade. Don't even dream about being a preacher. Don't. You be a teacher. Because for years I went around and I was like, oh man, I'm unqualified. I can't preach. And I allowed this to be an identity for me. This one hits home for me. I allowed this to be an identity. And when people would prophesy over my life, I just, that's not who I am. Because I'm unqualified. Hear me tonight. Oh, but I'm depressed. I'm depressed. Listen, that's not your identity. I'm getting somewhere with all this. I I promise I'm getting somewhere with all this. Oh, I'm depressed. I want you to know that there is joy unspeakable and full of glory in the presence of God. I I want you to understand that you're not too stressed because you're too blessed, and you're not depressed and you're not downtrodden because you're not a victim. Don't sit in in what what people have done to you uh, and mar and and think and and grow bitter. I want you to know that that bitterness is the root of evil in your life. Get it out. Forgive and get over it. I've said this before, but my mom always said, Get over it so easy. You just get over it. You just say, I'm going to rise above it. You're not too stressed. You're not too depressed. But I'm an addict. Addicted. What is it? I'm addicted to alcohol. Hey, I'll even go as, as we, we, we don't talk about this much anymore. I'm addicted to the show. People don't want to talk about that. I'm addicted to the show that talks about nothing but gossiping, lying, cheating, and manipulating people, killing people. I, I'm addicted to it. That's not who you are. Carly, that's not who you are. I want to know who you really are. Listen, this is what the Holy Spirit is doing throughout your life. You think, well, I'm just all these things. I, I'll just never add up. I'm just, I'm just an addict or, 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 or I'm just fearful. I'm just full of fear and anxiousness and anxiety. And this is what I'll be forever. I want you to know that we go through life and the Holy Spirit's saying, no, I'm, give me your ID. I don't want that. That's what you think you are. But Carly, that's not who you are you hear it preached, you hear it spoken about, but we never want to deal with it. You see, they they thought they knew who David was. Mary thought she knew who Jesus was. His, his hometown thought they knew who he was. He was just a carpenter. David was just a shepherd. That, that's all they were meant to be. Carly, you just sing in the choir and you help out where you need it. And Jaden, you just, you just come to church and you help out where you need it. You, there's nothing really big for your life. And the enemy tries to tell you you're in a small town, in a small church, so you'll never do anything big. And, and I want you to hear that that's not your identity because what was happening is people didn't know who David was. They thought they knew who David was. People didn't know who Jesus was. They thought they knew who Jesus was. But when the anointing came on their life, what, what everybody put on them had to come off of them because that's not their true identity. Jesus Christ was... Was anointed to save, set free, heal, and deliver. David was anointed to worship and to go to war. He was anointed to bring about freedom. He was anointed to sing down the presence of God. He was anointed. I want you to understand, Jaden. You're not fearful. You're not depressed. You're not any of these things. But you're anointed. That's the identity that I've been trying to get to. Carly, honey, you're not any of these things. Things, but you're anointed. That's what I'm trying to get to. This listen to me tonight. Just as Saul looked at Abner and said, Listen, who is this? I don't recognize this person. I want to hear, I want you to hear the word of the Lord tonight from this man. I'm just full of flaw and error, but I want you to know this. This is what the Lord spoke to me to tell this church tonight. There is an anointed person that you have not seen in your but that God is going to begin to reveal if you allow his Holy Spirit to take away all the labels and take away all the other identities and you'll just embrace the fact that if you're called, you're chosen if you're chosen, you're anointed and if you're anointed you are going to change the world that you live in. Hear me tonight. Don't, 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 don't come and say, well, I'm this and I'm that and I'm this. No, I want you to come before God not out of arrogance but boldness through His grace to say, I am anointed. I am appointed. I am a child of God. Turn to your neighbor and say, I.D., please. I want to know who you are. I.D., please. please. All these other things, it's not who you are. Jaden. all these other things, it's not who you are. There's a person inside of you that your children haven't seen yet. Hear me tonight. You say, oh, that's scary. No, no, no. I want you to understand this. uh, That when the anointing of God comes upon your life, uh, that people will begin to step back and say, who is? I thought I knew Carly. But the anointing has come upon her life so strong, I'm looking at myself saying, "What? I, I, th- I thought this girl was quiet. I thought this girl was... No, 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 no. She's anointed uh, and she has an identity embedded in the rock uh, that is Christ Jesus. Uh, and she'll be found unmovable, uh, unshakable, uh, ever abounding in the work of the Lord. Uh, why? Because she has realized uh, that she's not uh, anxious, uh, that she's not depressed, uh, that she's not stressed, uh, but that she's anointed. I don't know if you're getting this tonight there is someone on the inside of you that the Holy Spirit is trying to bring about in your life but you just have to surrender to him and say I'll be what you want me to be, I'll do what you want me to do, I'll say what you want me to say, I'll, I'll do it God and if you'll stand up and say Holy Ghost you can have my life, you will find someone that you never knew that existed but that who, that is who God has ordained you to be be you're anointed you're anointed everybody was asking who is this I'm listening him the piano who is this David not only lived in the king's court and served the king, he was his armor bearer. For the sake of history, what that means is he dressed the man. He did. When Saul woke up in the morning, David was right there. When Saul went off to battle, David was right there. And Saul rolled around the kingdom to survey his people. David was right there. And not only that, when Goliath came, and the Bible tells us in 1 first, first Samuel 17 and verse 15 that he sent David home. He said, go home. That David comes back and he goes before the king asking for his permission to face Goliath. But, David, but, but Saul doesn't know who David is. There's no reason for that. But what Saul saw on that battlefield was something he'd never seen before. And hear me tonight what God wants to show your children your grandchildren, your nieces and nephews, your brothers and sisters, your lost loved ones, cousins, whatever it may be, what God wants to show them in you is a side they've never seen. They don't need to see just Dan McFarlane. They need to see the anointed man that Dan McFarlane is called to be. They don't need to see Chris Cavins What they need to see is the anointed man that God has called Chris Cavins to be. All these labels, all these identities that this world tries to feed our children, and that's never who they were called to be. You're addicted. You're confused. You're weird. It's not who they're called to be. That right there is who you're called to be. When the psalmist asks, Who am I? Who is man? That you are mindful of me. You're anointed. That's who you are. Again, don't 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 let that become arrogance. No 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 no, let that be confidence. You can, you guys can be seated. Give him a hand tonight. Labels are something we're all given, whether we want them or not. Oh, you're outgoing. You're an introvert. You're shy. You're outspoken. You're given all these things. And what labels try to do is they try to confine us. You see, that's what's crazy about this label right here. Is the Bible tells us in Isaiah that the anointing destroys the yoke. So what that means is this label right here unleashes you. People will try to tell saints of God, oh, you're in that faith, that religion, you got all those rules, you got all the no, I have anointing means I'm freer than I've ever been. But hear me tonight. This word has a special place for me, not just because it's in scripture. It's it's great. But when I see this word, my mind goes back 17 years old, going into my senior year of high school And I was just very wishy-washy. Wouldn't do anything bad, but I really wouldn't do anything good. I went to church, to keep my mom off my back, and I didn't have a choice. Because I lived in her house. Her and dad, it wasn't an option. You went. And I remember I was in church camp. And... At the beginning of the week, and no one knew this, at the beginning of the week, the minister that was going to be preaching every night went to the counselors and he said, I want, I want you to watch all the young men and all the young women in your group. I want you to watch them throughout the week. They're like, well, that's what we're here to do. He said, no, I want you to pay close attention to them. And he said, I want you to write something. And he, he gave them one of those, hello, my name is stickers, you know. And he, he said, I want you to write down on, on, that, on that, that sticker, I want you to write down something that you see that God is doing in their life or who God is calling them to be. None of us knew this. And then it the last night, Crystal, it the last night. And I remember I walked in that night and we all were given these hello, my name is stickers, but they were blank. And I knew that there was a call on my life, but I had people giving me labels. You know, I spoke about that earlier. Had people telling me who I was supposed to be. And myself, I was telling myself, Katie, what I was supposed to be. You know, I had my whole life figured out, you know, 17. So I was going to go to school. I was going to play football and I was going to get my degree and I was going to become a teacher and be a football coach. That was what I was going to do. Mind made up. I was going to do it. But on the inside, I, I, they, asked us, they asked us to dig deep. And he preached an awesome message. And He said, I want you to dig deep and I want you to write. Everybody had a, I mean, they had, gosh, they had like 175 Sharpies there. Everybody had a Sharpie. And he said, I want you to write what you feel your label is, your name is. And I prayed and I prayed and I began to search myself. And I put down that my biggest, the biggest thing was I was afraid. I was afraid, Brother Chris, if I stepped out, I was not going to be like everybody else, not knowing that that, that was the point. And I, I know this is, may be boring for some of you, but I wrote down that my name was fear because I was afraid. Now, all those kids, that preacher, of course, he said, You. You, 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 that tall guy, you come here. So I come up here. He brought my, count, my camp counselor up here. We're standing up there. He said, what's your name? And I said, my name's Jade. He said, no, it's not. You said your name's Fear. He said, because your, ma- your name means nothing. It's who do you know you are? And that's when he began to tell us about this big plot that he'd been doing all week. And he said, I I asked your, cap, your camp counselor to write one word that would describe you. My camp counselor just began to cry, began to weep. And I was like, I don't even know this guy. I knew this guy that week is the first time I met him. So I don't even know this guy. He wrote, he tore off my sticker and he gave it to the preacher and the preacher he said you think your name is fear he said but this is what this man of God saw in you this week and he turned it over and he said you're anointed you know what's crazy so I remember the first time I felt this I was in Waynesville, Ohio, and I was preaching a message in a revival that I thought I had no business preaching in. My uncle asked me to preach. And I was up here jading. And I, was, I still have that board. Everybody's seen that electrical board that I've preached with as a as, as message I preached. Getting connected to the power. I was standing in front of that board, and I was preaching. And all of a sudden, something took, just took over. And I remember after the service, I asked my dad, I said, dad, what did I say? I don't know what I said. And he began to tell me, he said, but son, all I can say is that you were anointed. He said, what what are you talking? No, I'm trying to use this for you. I thought I knew who I was. And you're sitting there tonight and you think you know who you are. You think you got it all figured out. But for many of you, who you think you are is insecure, fearful, stressed, depressed, anxious, confused. Some of you feel weird, but that's not who you are. Can you show me your ID tonight? Can anybody show me who you really are and stand with confidence and say, I'm anointed. That's who I am. You know, some people may may say, and I'll probably embarrass her, but some people may say, my wife's backward. Don't talk a lot. Everybody says she's beautiful because she is. She's too pretty to be with me, but she didn't find that out until after she married me. But you know what? I didn't. When I fell in love with her the first date at Gloria's house, I knew that I was going to marry her. And you know what I saw? I'm not God. (laughs) But you know what I saw? I believe I saw what God saw. I saw an anointing on her life. And there's times that she may feel insignificant but there's so many times that she doesn't know that she's kept me going. I've said, you know what? Forget it all. I'm too different. I'm too weird. And she'll say, stop it. Get it together. She's anointed. Listen. Some people may say, Carly, she's a beautiful young lady. She's so sweet. She's so backward. But I don't know if you've ever seen her exhort. Carly, I want you to know that's who you are because that's when the anointing begins to flow. That's who you're called to be. You know, Kirsten, you get nervous about sin. The enemy tries to tell you it's not good and it's not this and it's not that. But I want you to know, when you sing praises to God, it's anointed, because that's who you're called to be. You know, they see, well, Dan's a hardworking man, but you know what I see, an anointing. Oh, well, Sister Lexi's a cheerleader. No. She's anointed. And I know I've went too long, but stand with me across this house. And I know I've made a mess, and I'll clean it up so Debbie won't get mad at me. But I want you to look at your neighbor real quick. Find a neighbor if you don't have one. And say, ID, please. Say, I want to know who you are. Turn to him. I want you to look at him. I don't want to know. Say that. I don't want to know what the enemy tells you you are. I don't want to know what your thoughts tell you you are. I want to know who God says you are. And I know we're all looking around and we're giggling because it's funny and it's goofy and it's awkward. But I want you to know that all of heaven and all of earth is asking, who are you? Who are you, Crystal? Who are you, Emma? Who are you, Jim Urban? Who are you, Debbie? Who are you, Ava? Who are you, Abby? Who are you, Paisley? Who are you? And it's about time they knew who we were. And it's about time they started asking, who are they? Because I thought I knew them. Hear me tonight. I'm, I'm, I'm done. It's fascinating to me that who we feel we are is oftentimes the complete opposite of who God says we are. Paul said, Listen, God is, I don't know if I can do this. In 2 Corinthians, I don't know if I can do this. I feel weak. And God said, and your weakness. My strength is made perfect, but God, I'm a sinner. He said, but my grace is sufficient. Everything that you feel that, that just adds up to you, not adding up is every reason why he says, I saved you. And I've given you my Holy spirit live anointed. Last example is Peter. Peter was named Simon. But Jesus said, you're not Simon. You're Peter. Because upon this rock, I'm going to build my church. And Peter was a denier. A liar. A man of violence. Anybody cuts a man's ear off, to pretty violent. And all throughout Jesus' ministry, you know, he had glimmers of hope. But he was Simon. Even though Jesus kept calling him Peter, he was Simon. Because he acted like he always acted. But then the day of Pentecost came. And the Bible says that Peter stood with the eleven. And he began to preach. And on that day, I could just see the disciples. Is this Simon? Simon. Is this the guy that we know? Because he's speaking with authority. He's speaking with clarity. He's speaking like someone that knows the power of God. And he stood and he preached in 3,000 souls. The Bible says we're pricked to their heart. And we're saved. Because when the anointing came on his life, his identity became clear. He was no longer Simon. He was Peter. And upon that rock, Christ built a church. So who are you? Who are you really? Hey everyone, uh, Cameron here from PTC Ministries. I'm so glad that you could join us today uh, for the message here. Uh, I hope the message touched you uh, in a personal way and that you could take that and mold that and move it and let it move you in your life. And as you can continue your walk with Christ, continue your walk with us as well. Follow us. uh, Click in the link below in the description there. Follow us on all of our social media platforms. And don't forget to uh, like and subscribe. Uh, I feel like a YouTuber here. But don't forget to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel to uh, stay connected with us. Um, And thank you for joining us.